0: Hello. new japan pro wrestling crisps and pornography this podcast is a member of the voices of wrestling podcasting network visit voices to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews columns opinions and updates across the world of wrestling
1: Hey there, Thunder Buddies and Travelers Down Thunder Road. It's us, Days of Thunder, the WCW Thunder Rewatch Podcast that you didn't ask for, but we did anyway. Coming to you as part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network and powered by a large man of I'm your host, your psycho on Thunder Road, Dave Ryan. And I am joined, as ever, by my faithful co host, Sager Lee Malone. Lee, how are you? I suppose I'm here to serve a bit of justice. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> One of the I I thought about making a theme of the next few months uh, of Days of Thunder being like the four harbingers of the WCW apocalypse. Okay, um, where we have uh like imminent signs that we are going like to the the apocalypse. In in my estimation, is the arrival of Vince Russo. So in the build up to that, we have the arrival of Tank Abbott, mm-hmm. Sid Vicious, yes, Shane Douglas. And Jeffrey Jarrett and Jeff Jarrett, yeah, <laughs> they're the harbingers of doom. Um, all, yes. all very blonde men. <laughs> well, with the exception of Tank. Well, except well, I mean, Tank Tank would want to do some very strange things in WCW. He, so. he certainly would. He certainly would. Um, yeah, this is like as we'll get to it. As hyped as I was for this particular one of the four, um, I do know it, it is well, one of those we are inching the, of the show. That. Two of the four have, yeah, have beard on oh, this yeah. show. Um, but the, I am hyped for the arrival of Sid. But it does, uh, yeah, we 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 know that we're just like in this about,
2: We're into the Sid Vicious era. This this is what yeah. what we've been waiting for.
1: We're now inside. I think I think it's about three months WCW time before it all goes to hell in the hand basket. Um, mm. but there were like not to burst the bubble, uh, and skip to the end straight away. But uh, this is one of those shows where I'm like, if you asked me was Vince Russo booking at this point? Yes. All signs would point to yes. Mm -hmm. And it is a feather in the cap for anybody who accurately points out and doesn't forget their history that like this thing was careening off a cliff long before they went to to Vincent Russo and Ed Ferrara. Yeah, it's like one of those things that kind of gets lost
2: in history is that no matter who was in charge, whether you want to say it was Nash, whether you want to say it was Bischoff, so whoever the fuck was booking at this point, mm. things weren't good. And uh, Great American Bash was a bad show. Oh,
1: this could be the worst pay-per-view we've done in, God, probably it, ever on, it on. In terms of, like, I was looking at, so what I'm going to do for the pay-per-views going forward is I'm actually going to, like, as we get to the match, I'm going to go through the, the the Observer star rating for it. Um, and just copying and pasting these star ratings into my notes, I'm like there this is there is one match on this show. It will not surprise you which one, that's three and a half stars. Mm-hmm. That is comfortably the highest rated match on this show. There is one dud and two negative one star matches on this. It's funny,
2: not not to bring us straight away to like modern wrestling, but just like compared that to like
1: a a current episode of like Dynamite. Yeah, even like as much as I, I hate watching the show and I hate the presentation and the company. Um, Like, I, I think even a very dull episode of Raw has such a higher base level of in-ring competency. It's a, you know what, actually, Raw might be a, be a better comparison because
2: they are also three hours long. Yeah. And yeah, it's like the in-ring, in-ring wrestling would be such a higher standard. But
1: you don't have that investments that you would yeah. have had
2: with the characters, and
1: and this is like and this is completely the opposite because as we'll talk about, there's some of this stuff that's crazy over on the show, and like all that's left in WCW are the people that are super invested in this product, like mm-hmm. because there there is no there is nothing grabbing you in terms of like a story. There's no one to like like there's no. There's nothing to tune in for. Where you're going to go. I'm going to see a great piece of professional wrestling TV. You're just at this stage tuning in for your guys and hoping that they're not buried. Yeah, and quite literally, some of them will be buried in the very near future. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, speaking of buried, I I actually haven't talked to you since the show. So, like, do you want to do a whistle stop thirty seconds of um your thoughts if you've caught up on AEW Revolution because we haven't actually recorded a free show since.
2: Oh, have you not? Oh Jesus. Um I've been fucking one of the best pay-per-view shows of all time, but it's just yeah. a, an amazing show from that one. I didn't watch it till the day after, and I kind yeah. of avoided pretty much all spoilers, and mm. I sat through it all in one go and I yeah. was just blown away by the inner ring action. I think uh John Moxley and, and Hangman Page might be one of the best matches ever. Mm. Like, I I know um, MJF
1: and Danielson is getting a ton of praise for probably being the best Ironman match ever. Yeah, it was damning with faint praise when you think about the competition. Um, um, but but no. I, I, I think it has actually been like, I know you're not as online anymore, but it's been pretty contentious. And it seems to it seems to entirely come down to your your mileage on MJF. Oh, I mean, he's an asshole. So you can't possibly like. He's the. He's 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 extremely extra. Like, extremely like he. Like I don't even say polarizing. It's just like. Uh, But polarizing probably is the right word. It's like, you you don't have a lot of people who are in the middle on him or can take or leave him. Like, you have people, like, I think we're on the side of like, we're really into what he does. Like, there's there's some angles or there's some lines in promos where just like, oh, that wasn't like, that wouldn't have been my choice or anything like that. But like, on the whole, I really enjoy the arc he's had in the company. And then you get people who are just like, like that man could come out and have the greatest match in the history of professional wrestling. And I think they'd be like, meh.
2: Yeah, like uh, he just doesn't do here, it for some people. I'm I, 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 sorry. I was gonna say, here. here's the thing with MJF is that he could go out there and have a Kenta Kabashi style match,
1: and people that like that style of match will still go, What's oh, MJF? Yeah. And I think, like, I don't think it's always a conscious and deliberate thing. Like, I think there are, as with a lot of wrestlers, there are some cases where that that is the case. I think some of it is just that there are certain there are certain things about him and his kind of like maximalist approach and everything is big. And like, uh, like for me, because like I like a little bit of everything in my wrestling and he is a little bit of every Like he is Mm -hmm. this big, huge character uh but he also i i think he he's turned into a great wrestler, and I think he can do storytelling, he can do all action, he can keep up with m- most styles now that I've seen um but if you have a particular view of wrestling, there are gonna be things about his maximalist approach that really rub you up the wrong way, and that's not gonna be something you'll ever reverse on um so so I get that well here's one other thing, okay, if you wanna not
2: give m j f any credit for that match well, then it's probably the most incredible carry job in the history of wrestling by <laughs> yeah, yeah. because I don't care what way you slice it. It was a fucking phenomenal
1: match. Mm. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. And I was, yeah, I I thought again, it was like we said in the prediction show. I think that um, like it was one of those shows that uh, the hype levels, I think for a lot of people were pretty low going in. And it was just another one of those shows where people weren't necessarily hugely excited and it over delivered dramatically. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, one last thing before we get in, just a little programming note as to what we're going to be doing next behind the paywall at a large amount of peers.com. Um, the rest of this month is about uh getting to our TRL requests that have been sitting there. Um, season two. We've two left on the dock, and we have one um that's going to straddle between season two and season three later in the year. Yeah. Um we should say we
2: had we had so many in because we didn't expect people to actually subscribe so quickly to
1: the level. Yeah, yeah. So yeah.
2: we were we were almost caught off guard. Well,
1: we launched in June and we we're like, oh, maybe someone will have subbed by Christmas. And we already had all six slots filled. But in a couple of months, and we am like, oh, shit, uh, we, <laughs> we need to change some stuff around. So we're getting to the last two this month. Yeah. So up next is a request by Nathan.
2: Nathan Moore, I believe. Long-time friend of the show. Long-time, one of the OG listeners. And um, his request is a DOT at the movies, and we are going to be covering Rumble in the Bronx.
1: Yes. I'm really excited about this. Um, It's a movie I have not seen in donkey's years.
2: Yeah, I would have seen this like once when I was very much a lot younger. And one thing Nathan asked in the request was that I try he asked actually had Connor seen it?
1: Yeah.
2: And I said no. And he said, Oh, well, I'd love, you know, if you were able to sit down and watch it and get his reactions. Now, I was only thinking about this recently. Yeah. That Connor has obviously grown up watching the Marvel movies and yes. how much a part like the action sequences are of those movies. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what like I will I will do my damnedest to get him to actually sit down and watch a movie, which is difficult in and of itself. Yeah. But I wonder, will he be as blown away coming from where he's coming from in in movies as to yeah. where we would have been as kids?
1: I wonder if you give him uh like uh, a job as our official correspondent, uh, could you <laughs> would he be more motivated to do it or less because he doesn't want to carry you to another podcast? Well, I mean, he keeps asking to do the ad read, so that's something. Yeah, yeah, okay. So maybe, like, if he's an enterprising young man, maybe this will be something he would like to do. And he does, um, he does keep asking for another appearance. So we, we'll yeah. see, we'll see. Look at this! Oh, he's got all Hollywood now, demanding <laughs> appearances.
2: <laughs> well, you know what he's looking for. He wants another. He wants to defend his uh, his draft and drafts. I, don't,
1: funnily enough, I don't think the public love him. I don't think he'd ever lose. Like he could try to tank one, and he'd still probably win over either of us.
2: I, I keep putting it out there. Alan Forella's is ducking him. So
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, that's this is great neutral ground for the big dog versus your son, <laughs> 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 who yeah. is the biggest dog in the yard. That's how we'll market it. Um. So yeah, we have that show, Rumble in the Bronx, and then we're moving on to a uh, good friend, Sue Williams. Yes, uh, shout out, Sue, uh, who has. You thought last time that we talked about this that he, we were doing Backlash 08. Oh, were you wrong? Oh, so wrong. um Do you know what? I really need to start writing down what these shows are. Doing. <laughs> is, if anybody can't tell, Lee is the point man on our episode scheduling for TRL. I need to get better at this. Yeah, yeah. For, <laughs> Between for this and the, the Aaron, Aaron doing Aaron the show debacle.
2: The <laughs> show that we definitely didn't do twice. Yeah, I don't know what anyone's <laughs> talking about. Um, but yeah, so up, up after that then we'll be um backlash 02. And yep. let
1: me tell you, we just looked up the card for that show. It's a doozy. It is a doozy, my friend. Um, yeah, we'll be doing that. And then uh, a good friend of the show, uh Mark Buckley, uh Monkey Buckles mm-hmm. uh from the uh Musty Matches podcast. Uh he has a A little bit of a different take on TRL um, for his... Wouldn't be like Mark to have a different take on things? No. um, So that's going to be his. I've been thinking about maybe making that the debut of season three or maybe its own standalone episode because it was originally a season of six episodes for season two. Mm. So it'll either be a kind of mid-season special uh, in a little while or it'll be like the kickoff to season one. It depends on like if people... If people start queuing up when I reopen the slots straight away, then we'll we'll do mark sooner rather than later. Um, but we'll we'll see how that goes. Um also, I just want to shed out the last one we did, because uh, the last time we, we talked on the the free shows, we hadn't recorded mm-hmm. our last TRL, which was our friend Chris Damaseno's request, which was the WMAC Masters season one, episodes one to three. And I think that's one of the best podcasts we ever recorded. Definitely one
2: of the most fun. I mean, yeah, yeah you'll, ha- you'll have to go to uh, patreon.com forward slash WCW Thunderpod to listen to it. But yeah, no, we had an absolute blast talking about yeah. the madness that is WMAC Masters. Yeah,
1: So only five euro you can get a month on there uh, and you'll catch the, the two TRLs that are about to come out. The one that has and somewhere in the region of 30 odd other premium podcasts we've done. Uh, something crazy like that. Like it's been at least two a month, plus all the live streams, plus the mm-hmm. solo audios and things like that. Like it's a, it's a hefty amount of audio now at this stage, we can stand by as, as a, as a body of work for the last year. So get on, join us there and, um, we are very much tempted to continue reviewing WMAC Masters as a Patreon mini series as well. So if you remember WMAC Masters from when you were a kid, uh, now is the time to subscribe and show us that you want more WMAC podcasting. Um, you want to see us complete the Dragon Belt uh, and go for the Dragon Star. Um, right, let's get into it. We've been holding off long enough, this bad, bad show. This is Great American Bash 1999, coming to you from Baltimore, Maryland, Um, 13th of June, 1999, 185,000 buys. Um, So, like, you know, by today's standards, absolutely insane. Hmm. But um, it's not like a, you know, a top show of the year level of buys. But there's still a fair amount of people willing to whack down hard-earned money for WCW in spite of everything. I mean, when you consider what the the TV shows were probably still getting around what three million, yeah.
2: So it's it's like, yeah, you're conver- talking the, the conversion rate right there ain't too good.
1: You're talking about two point three million we've been doing for Thunder lately, but I think Nitro is still up around the three million mark. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's not a great conversion rate, but it's still it's not you know it's not nothing well, in terms of buys, out, yeah. and especially we're going through a time like um where you know Scott Hall's not on tv at the moment brett's not on tv at the moment goldberg is off filming universal soldier which i i went online and did confirm uh i was like where has he because he literally just dropped off the face of the fucking earth yeah um so yeah he's filming universal soldier too and you know what that means no yeah it's on our time it's on our uh it's on our schedule when it comes out i know i know um, so we're gonna have to watch that. I've never seen it, uh, except for that one clip. They would always <laughs> show. On Nobody show. has ever seen it. <laughs> I, that one clip of Goldberg spearing into an elevator shaft. Um, I have seen, but other than that, no, I yeah, this will be my first. I haven't even seen the original Universal sh- Soldier, which I don't know how sacrilege that is in terms of the nineties action movie canon. Yeah, no,
2: I've um... never seen it, so I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to give a shit. But then again, I'm not a movie guy, so.
1: Yeah, I actually do have a little note here that I meant to get to um, as part of Grab Bag Radio this month. So I I kind of said as a mea culpa, I would answer this last question uh, on the air on a normal podcast. And it comes from a a young man named Garrett Kidney. Oh no! Uh, And he 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 asked um, if you could have uh, a psych odyssey level sorry psych level detailed fly on the wall documentary so psych for the uninitiated double fine the video game um studio put out a 32 hour long or 32 part 22 hour long documentary about the making of psychonauts 2 that they called psych so it was like followed a seven year grueling development cycle of one game so uh Garrett is asking if you could have that level of detailed fly on the wall documentary for any period in wrestling history which would you choose? Oh fuck. Like mm. I, f- I feel like one of the hackneyed answers is like Jim Crocker promotions mid to late 80s. Yeah. I think you're seeing I the- think of the shit you're seeing backstage. Yeah, but it's also the 80s. I so think the yeah. shit you're seeing backstage. Yeah, it's true. Uh Similarly, but stuff you'd like, you literally couldn't broadcast if if all the urban legends are, you believed. Uh, ECW from Barely Legal mm. to Shutdown. Um, yeah. God, what, what, what would... I would do? be interested in, do you know, I would be interested in original... Brand split era WWE when like you got all the stories in hindsight about like like warring factions of writers and like uh Paul Heyman sneaking onto conference calls to listen into the plans mm-hmm. they had for Raw
2: and li- literally like traveling buddies finding out on the website that they were being separated and yeah all that, that kind of, of shit. stuff
1: because it because those documentaries have like um they have interviews with people as they get upset and disenchanted and leave Double Fine. So Jesus. it would be amazing to get people like who are just fucking disgusted at it being moved to SmackDown, and,
2: and I, I think like I think a good one would be uh, TNA. Say like three months before Hogan and Bischoff come in, yeah, and then TNA six like from three months before up until like they leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that whole kind of like, oh, we're in negotiations with Hogan and then Jarrett's out yeah. and then it's Hogan mm-hmm.
1: and Bischoff come in. and It's it's not quite the same thing, but you know, the last fan are going through the Hogan era of TNA at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, in like their usual multi-part, multi-hour shows. Uh, and
2: I, 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 I'd, I'd say that the two-hour debut has at least a like, six-hour
1: podcast. I mean, like, I think there was three parts to the show before Hogan even actually shows up. Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, they don't they they are not uh they're not men of brevity. Yeah, uh, they, they, they don't skip <laughs> on the info, I'll give them that. Yeah, I do love the laps fan though. Uh shout out to the boys. Um yeah, I think those those are some good, some good uh suggestions there. If you have one, tweet us at WCW Thunderpod. And you know what, tag Gary Kidney in it as well. Why don't you um let him know? Especially if it's TNA related. Especially if it's TNA related. I did love, by the way, that i don't know if you've been following the drama with Garrett this week on uh on the internet. But uh, Gar- Garrett's in Gar- drama on the internet. Gar- Garrett got called out by the Deadlock Pod, uh, saying oh, no. that he saying that he was sitting on the footage of El Generico's dark matches in TNA. Uh, and I DM'd him. I was like, "Hey, you got called out, son." And then I think within two days, the Impact official account had posted the dark match.
2: I did see that Garrett posted in the uh, work Slack about some yeah. found footage. I mean, yeah. Now this could have been a couple of days ago. I
1: can't yeah. say for sure. No, he was. And like the timeline makes it look like Garrett actually was sitting on it and bowed to public pressure, but he does assure me, and I do believe him, that like they had been because people have been asking for the these dark yes. matches for ages yes. and ages. Yes, and that like people were actively looking for it, um, and found it. Uh, it's very funny. Very funny. Um. Also, Garrett, no association with Impact, none, none whatsoever. Can't prove it. Um, cold open for this pay per view uh, <laughs> as a as a white limo, not a white Hummer, a white limo. Yeah, pulls up to the arena. Uh, Dillinger of all people is the designated, like he's head of security, but of course, part of that entails opening limos for random people. Uh, and who should pop out? Lee, only the No Limit Soldiers and Master P.
2: So is Master P a part of the No Limit Soldiers or is he the leader and they are his No Limit Soldiers?
1: The No Limit Soldiers were always on this show referred to as a collective unit, whereas Master P was referred to independently. So I have a feeling he is the the figurehead slash patriarch okay. of the the No Limit Soldiers. And let me tell you, some interestingly shaped men in this crew. Yeah there is one man who I I could not get around any other description then he's shaped like a wedge of cheese <laughs> I know the guy <laughs> Yeah, you I know the guy. It's like he has like narrow little legs and a little waist. And the higher he goes up, the wider out he goes. It's an incredibly proportioned man. And as we would find out later, one of these men would get involved and ultimately be a wrestler for a little while at WCW. Um, but he was not that guy. It was another no. guy in that crew. He he, he would be the aforementioned or they uh, previously not mentioned, Swole. Yes. Who is, as his name goes, pretty fucking huge. Yes. Yes. Not big swole, huge swole in this yeah. case. Um and then one another man in the crew, uh, I also couldn't get around this, was shaped like a fucking cube. <laughs> I got like nothing doc- else. Like Dr. Cube. Yeah, like Dr. Cube, yeah. Um hennig meets them outside the the limo and he's like freaking out and he's like he wants them to sign his cd masterpiece signs it and hennig like grabs it and crushes it in his hands and like they do like a scooby-doo style chase him out of the arena well they bark yes yeah um that's something we don't see enough of on, on wrestling tv anymore is people crushing things with their hands yeah uh, we then get, before we even go to the arena, we get a video package. This is how video package this show is. Why are you already doing video packages on pay-per-view? Um, this one is, like, I understood if it was, like, an absolutely, like, historically significant thing, you want to, like, up the hype a little bit more, but this match has been fucking, like, this, you really should be showing less of the build to this match, because it wasn't good. Uh, They show, basically, all the comedy elements, again, of this, Uh, this, Nash versus Savage feud that we have not been feeling on this show. You know the usual: he's out of control, vehicular homicide, throwing slop on somebody. Um, the one line I didn't realize from the um the throwing this he when you know the angle where the the stealth contortionist threw the mm. the rotted stuff on top of Savage was as Savage had been bringing that bucket to the ring, he lets out the line, "Oh yeah, that's fermented, yeah." <laughs> Which is just an absolutely five-star Randy Savage line. Um, well, why isn't that one in his uh, classics? I know, yeah. Like, that should have been one of his catchphrases. Um, I l- I liked... So the opening shot of the arena was, like, from the floor, tilted up, showing, like, the top of the ring and the roof of the building, which I thought was mm-hmm. a really cool opening shot. Um, And at first glance, I thought... The stage looks interesting. Oh, that's what I thought as well. Yeah. I thought that I didn't think the signage, like the little, the the little signs of- where it said bash on either side of it made it seem like a business conference. <laughs> but incorporating what was actually the physical stage in the building was cool. And I also like that they uh, they have a new bash logo where they incorporate the new WCW emblem into the star on mm-hmm. it, and I thought that was cool. And they keep that for a year or two, I think. Uh, I
2: think they kind of modernize it for next year's, well. like they, they change it yeah. very slightly, but it's pretty similar. Yeah. Um. Obviously, because next year will be the final bash. Yes, indeed. Um. Yeah. But not the bash because that's WWE.
1: Yeah. Right. Uh, they did do it as the Great American Bash for a little while as well.
2: They did, but then there was elevated uh, liver enzymes, and that oh, just word. ruined things. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's not always the way with the the enzymes, um. But yeah, no, I
2: I really like the setup, like you said, incorporating the stage into the setup. with um, it's not often you see that with a wrestling show where they have the steps down to the to the walkway. Yeah. Um. But yeah, a good looking show. Um. Did Did you enjoy once we go to the commentators? Mike Taney is putting over of Master P as a mogul. Yeah he must to talk for at least two minutes about everything that Master P has ever done in his life. And you life. know what,
1: like even just the uh, the the list, I was exhausted. He seemed to have been like one of those that was like, and this was a thing in the like the 90s. Uh, people felt a particular pressure to be like a crossover star. Mm-hmm. So he was like, he had his hand in everything. So they were talking about like music, business, films, the whole lot. What uh, Did they have anything else in there? Ah, uh, it's just like did he like, own a, a a chain of uh, pretzel wagons, laundromats? Yeah. Fucking just like everything
2: that the man had ever done, it felt like he insisted as part of whatever this contract he had was had to that. read out
1: his whole resume. Uh, yeah,
2: every time he was on screen, they had to read out his entire fucking history. Yeah. Um. God, it was fucking tiresome.
0: Like they did.
1: I, I did. They should have just left it at like the today's opening line of saying that was that Master P is the most diversified artist of our time, which I thought was like a cool line. Mm-hmm. But then, like, going into the like, you're doing a job interview with the man, listing through his experience, I think, nah. Uh, Brain says he's not going to be sa- uh, surprised if Randy Savage walks out tonight as a champion. He's out of control. Have you heard? Uh, they do. <laughs> uh, I like the idea of this but i think they could have done it a lot quicker of doing uh, a little video package to run down the whole card and i think if you do this right you make it nice and snappy it should make it redundant for you to have to do any more video packages on the show because this would be the one and now we can just go to the action that is not what they did here
2: no um, they 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 ran down
1: the entire card and then um yeah, later on, we will still get more video packages. In particular, I loved when they did the couple of seconds showing the hardcore match that would be our opener. You hear Tony describe uh, Hack and Brian Knobs as those two wacky hardcore guys. Yeah, Tony is still
2: not fully on board with the whole hardcore stuff. T-
1: Tony is uh, week on week going massively overboard away from this company as quickly as he can, mentally speaking, anyway. Um, I, I will say he's still into Chastity, so there's always that. <laughs> say, I will say, who can blame him? Um, <laughs> but yes, that is that is also true. Speaking of which, our opening contest, Hardcore Hack with Chastity versus Brian Nobbs. I was not excited for this, and I became rapidly less excited by the time the bell rang. Uh, we talked at the opening of the show about how you would swear Vince Russo was already booking this in between the time the show started and this match started the stipulation changed twice yeah it's a kendo stick match but it wasn't until Penzer said it was because okay so was it a hardcore match initially it was just a hardcore match. That's all it's been billed as on TV, or at least on Thunder, shall we say. They might have been fucking wall-to-wall talking kendo sticks on Nitro, for all we know. But that's the, that's the gimmick we got going around here, guys. We just watched <laughs> Thunder.
2: Okay, so we came in thinking this was a hardcore match. Then it was announced as a kendo stick match. Yeah. And then Brian Nobbs cut... Uh, I'll, I'll, ki- I'll
1: kindly say it's a promo. Where he
2: fucking screams like it's
1: 1982 down the microphone. Yeah, a microphone passes his face as he attempts to say words in a particular order. Actually, can we talk about the fucking state of Brian Knoffs? Yeah, yeah, oh, please, tee off, my friend. Go off, King.
2: (laughs) It's fucking 1999. The man's out there with a bleach blonde mullet, spiked mullet. Yeah. With his fucking nasty boy gear. Well, sorry, it's not even Nasty Boy; it's knockoff Nasty Boy because it just says "nasty," and he's just a fucking an absolute fucking disgrace to professional wrestling.
1: Yeah, like it's—I like, I know it's a thing where like it's a running bit that um, wrestling is a, like roughly ten years behind where pop culture actually is. You know, they all still wear Zubas and have fanny packs mm. and stuff like that in, in in current day. Um however, I feel like even like years ago, Brian Knobs would still look a state. Do you yeah, know what I mean? But like like if, even that whole thing of
2: oh, it's 10 years behind pop culture, these people still have to live outside of TV. Yeah.
1: Like they, like how they still do you, have to travel places. How do you walk through life as a Brian Nobbs? And this is a guy who like he pretty much probably still has this style today. Like I know 10 years later when he's popping when he up, showed up on, on
2: TNA, yeah,
1: TNA, but also when he's showing up on Hogan knows best, like he's, he's just Brian knobs. Like all he's missing is, I don't know. And he may have actually appeared on uh, Hogan knows best in a nasty boys t-shirt for all. I, I have no, I have no doubt that he did. Yeah. Um. actually speaking of
2: Hogan, like we, we haven't talked about this, but this is very obviously just a favorite of Hogan.
1: Yeah. Oh that's the other uh, of the list of people that aren't on TV at the moment. Hogan.
2: Yeah, well he, he's coming back, don't worry. Yeah, goddamn. Um but like this is very obviously just a get Hogan's boys back on TV and oh by the way they're together. Yeah. Because one's his manager and the other is his fucking lackey. Yeah. It's just fucking like All in them
1: is joining a tag team with the disciple now. Mhm. Who is one of the people who is thankfully off TV at the moment, don't worry, he'll come back and squash your cards away. Oh, you're goddamn right, he will. Um, yeah, this uh, god, this fucking sucked like even when they come out to the ring and this is supposed to be a kendo stick match. Uh, there are more trash cans in and around the ring at the start of this match than there are kendo sticks. Oh, actually, sorry, I never mentioned the promo. Uh, nobs
2: says, Let's throw away. The uh, was it, sissy sticks or something like this? He yeah. says,
1: Don't forget, he shouts out his wife. He does shout out his wife for, I think it's a birthday or something, is it? Yeah. Mrs. Nasty, M- Mrs. Nasty, yeah, yeah Mrs. who Nasty. I'm sure would be extremely thankful, uh, not only to be married to Brian Knobs, but for her to have been referred to on pay per view as Mrs. Nasty.
2: Um, but Knobs says, Let's just have a straight wrestling match, or sorry, a tape fist match is what he wants, yeah. yeah. I then, thought
1: I, I thought, as you just inferred there, I thought he was suggesting like they would just fucking razzle. And if there's anything I would like to see Brian Nobbs and Hack do less than have a hardcore match, it's grapple.
2: <laughs> you don't think 99 uh Sam can oh these have, two have guys... a nice little nice little grapple
1: with Brian Nobbs? These two guys under blood sport rules.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay, now. You don't you don't see Josh Barnett booking these two? I don't really see that. No. Well, maybe for the after party. <laughs> um, but obviously, as Tony points out, it's all the first swerve of the night. Oh, when he said that, like, and the emphasis was on first, as if to go fucking buckle in, lads. Oh, I've he's seen he, what's he, coming up.
2: Yeah, he's seen the run sheet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tony throws out the first swerve of the night, and uh Nobs uses a trash can. But basically yeah. from there, this is just fucking
1: it's woeful. I don't even have that many notes on the match. I just think it's fucking bad. I don't have too much. You get some really embarrassing stuff like, um, the pity city, which I just, I just hate that. I, I hate it so much. They've started calling it the pit stop now to like modernize it, I guess, but it's still a stupid fucking awful spot. Um, I did laugh at when Hack goes outside the ring and he gets a ladder. He just fucks the ladder into the ring on top of him. That was good stuff. That was maybe the best spot of the match. Um, I just don't understand. This has one of my pet hates of any match that involves a ladder, which is men doing moves on top of the ladder on top of a guy when you could just do mm-hmm. it on top of the guy on top of the ladder and it makes way much more logical sense. So like, uh, Hack does the slingshot leg drop on top of the ladder on top of knobs, breaks his hole. Um, he closes knobs uh, leg in the ladder and smashes it with a chair. Uh, he tries to do a senton Uh, but misses and lands on the ladder. Um, Hart, uh, yeah, Jimmy Hart holds up a chair. Hack knocks Brian Nobbs into Hart, caves his head in with a cane and wins. Um, It was, he was swinging for the fences with that cane shot. I did laugh. Uh, I did love Hugh Morris comes out precisely one second too late to have an influence on this match. In which, I will remind you all, there was no DQs. He could have come out there with the lads at the start. There was nothing stopping him.
2: Well, I mean, he was obviously going by uh, normal hardcore rules where
1: there just can't be any interference. Yeah. Um, Big beat down. Uh, no laughing matter. Onto the ladder on top of Hack like a fucking idiot. And then Nobs does a splash Onto a trash can, onto a ladder, onto hack, like an even bigger fucking idiot. I and I will then... say Knobs looked like a fucking asshole. Like a yeah. little jump off the rope. Yeah, yeah. Little belly flop. Uh, and somehow I didn't catch exactly how in this beatdown Jimmy Hart got colour. Is that when he went flying off? It must have been. He was Had busted, he was busted open at the like the, the the bridge of the nose, nearly. Um yeah, he fucked himself up there somehow. Um, shite match. Uh, it got uh, what did it get from the observer? Star and a half, what? which might have been generous.
2: Hmm. Uh,
1: then we get Piper having a motivational chat with Buff. So, what we are led to believe this must have been something that played out on Nitro is that Piper has uh insisted to Buff Bagwell that if he gains control after the match with Flair of the company. Uh, that Buff will get the shot he's been talking about.
2: Okay. I don't think you're following the story. We saw it on Thunder.
1: Um, this no, is part... I'm really not. This,
2: this <laughs> I, is par... I've suppressed this. This is part of the old guys versus new blood. Well, I better, yes. not, call, I better not call them new blood because that's something that comes... This is part yeah. of the old guys versus new guys
1: mm-hmm. thing that but, they've started. But Lee, Piper is an old guy. Yeah. But Piper yeah. is not the face here either yeah no he's not uh, as it we is. would see uh, much more obviously later on but as soon as he walks off from Buff he's just like mumbling under his breath about him like he doesn't give a yeah, shit yeah the, the two of them are being disingenuous towards the other so it's basically yeah. like Buff is like
2: ah oh, I can't wait to have this shot on pay-per-view against so, Disco who I just yes. beat on Nitro
1: so so you've remonstrated with me for forgetting that detail from uh from Thunder just gone but also could you blame me
2: I do know it's a shit storyline it's terrible Buff wants his chance and Piper doesn't want to give him a chance because he's old and wants a spot. Yeah. Whereas I would argue neither of them should get a chance. <laughs> well, I mean, Buff got a
1: chance in 2001 and yeah. killed, killed the whole company. <laughs> killed the territory. <laughs> uh, second match on the card. Van Hammer versus Mikey Whipwreck. Now, I had uh from uh our listener Dave uh, often frequenter of the live chats on our pre pre shows for pay per views. Um, he sent me a link. Uh, I don't know if he tagged you in it to go look at Eric Bischoff talking about this match on his podcast with Conrad and listen to the man squirm for eight minutes trying to justify why Van Hammer was employed because he was, um,
2: What's the story they tell on between the sheets? He had a very easy hookup with certain people that supplied things to the backstage area
1: at times. Now, that that is not what Bischoff goes with in this. Okay. Like, he essentially doesn't really give a reason, except look at the guy. You know that's basically oh. it, but it's funny because it's one of the rare occasions where, like, I would consider Conrad to be kind of a like he doesn't rock the boat. He likes to have the nice, you know, the banter with the people he's on the podcast with, but he doesn't like to upset them and he doesn't really call them out very strongly. Or he might like in a very soft way and then go, "Yeah, no, I see your point of things." But like even at the end of eight minutes, like where Bischoff is like stumbling over his words, just go and look. And even Bischoff admits, like, "Look, we we knew he was bad." and we really should have seen how putting him against Mikey Whipwreck was a really stupid fucking idea, but basically all he had was, look at the guy, he's big and fucking jacked. Hold um, them, and he, them what's, what's funny is, what's funny is, like, there's a line Bischoff has in that defense where he's just like, "Um, look, as bad as the match was, and I'll admit it was a bad match, it maybe is the best Van Hammer ever looked. <laughs> Fuck, <me. laughs> It's really good. but as I said, yeah, Conrad is normally very agreeable with his co hosts But like at the very end of him stumbling around the place, Conrad is just like, he just goes, I fucking hate that you just sat there and defended Van Hammer to me. Yeah, I keep
2: saying that you should listen to uh, Jeff Jarrett's podcast with yeah. Conrad. It's actually, it's good. They actually yeah, cover I've... stuff and, and you learn things. Yeah, I've, it's not like... It's Not like the other fucking six not, that he does.
1: Yeah, it's not like listening to Bischoff or Pritchard not uh, pretend to not remember things. No, Jer-
2: Jarrett would say, like, okay, yes, I had addiction issues, I may forget exact details, but here's my honest opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I
1: should uh I
2: should listen. You to should that. you should listen. There's some good episodes,
1: yeah. With wrestler of the year contender Jeff Jarrett. Um, F- future champion, he's gonna win an AW title tonight. At least one, at least one. Um. so yeah Van Hammer has had another makeover by the way so he's wearing like what looks like a spare Horace Hogan singlet and he's got the world's most generic grunge music theme song Uh, very original like what's so funny is that like this is taking place several years after the like the peak the breakthrough <laughs> of grunge into the mainstream what did we just talk about <laughs> 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 yeah All yeah Do you know what I mean like this is like it's so it's awful um so, uh, Mikey keeps trying to lock up with him and fails, and then comment. Oh, the commentary get too obsessed with the idea of burying Mikey Whitbread for having bad ideas for going for the grapple and failing, and they're so busy trying to come up with jokes about Mikey Whitbread that they miss that the payoff to this is that he grapples with him a third time and succeeds and starts like hip tossing him and stuff like that. I don't know. Why? Why watch the match? Just bury why? Why would you watch the match? Um, this really sucks. I don't oh, have not a lot of notes on this. It was this really, is bad. really bad. A uh, long, long heat segment from Van Hammer. Uh, and even like it, like if Mikey Wibrek is known for one thing it's unbelievably sympathetic selling. Mm-hmm. And he is, he is doing his level best here. And he cannot get this guy over no. as there, a threat. There was, there was an actual boring chance as well. Yeah. They're like we don't believe you are a credible top guy. And even if you win this match that will not change our mind. Is the like you know, this is a horrible idea for. But also, uh, why should the crowd care about Mikey Whitbrake? Yeah, yeah, no, they shouldn't because like all he's done, like he hasn't really had much time to shine. He's had like a handful of matches and been like injured and been <laughs> injured. Way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we're we're closing in on his last appearance for the company. Mm-hmm. Um, as well. Um, so he hoofs Whitbrake out and gets on top of the steps. He drops Mikey awkwardly on the rail. Um Mikey does a slingshot. Uh oh yeah, he does a slingshot with a twist and nearly kills the two of them, uh, trying to take him out. Uh Hammer then grabs Mikey off the top, hits an Alabama Alabama slama. The straps come down, Cobra Clutch slam win. Uh horrible match. It got three quarters of one star. I will say I do like the
2: cobra clutch slam. Yes. As a maneuver. Just, it's not not just very it's just very awkward set up though. Mm. It's not a move you can kind of gracefully Gracefully totally. really or you know, as they always say, hit it out of nowhere. Yeah, no, it's it's more of a you have to you have to be dominant. Yeah, to
1: use it. Um, yeah, it's a terrible match. Um, next match is Buff versus Disco. Uh, Disco took so long to come out here during his entrance. We actually got to the third verse of his song, which I don't think we ever have before. Um, a third verse. Yeah, yeah, there was a whole part of his song I'd never heard. Um. Buff is the first person on this whole show. So he's like the sixth. If you don't include Hugh Morris running out for interference, he's the sixth professional wrestler to be in the show. And he's the first one who's over. Yeah. Who like, actually like, gets a notable reaction.
2: Yeah. I was just going to say to his credit, Buff is over. Yeah. Um, I will say disappointed. The top hat is gone again.
1: Yeah. Um, And speaking of disappointing, this match is not very good. Well, it I mean, it's is, It's
2: Buff and Disco why, why would it be
1: it is a fairly paint by numbers wouldn't be out of place on an episode of Thunder match they're doing nothing really interesting it's just got a slightly louder crowd than a TV show Um. now I will say anytime Buff is doing stuff however dull we find it at home the crowd are into it which we can't have said for the previous two matches mm-hmm. Um. but like they die a fucking death when Disco does anything
2: I, I do think that there was a certain element of WCW fans being desperate to have another one of their guys. Yeah. So they kind of attached to Buff.
1: Yeah, he's one of our guys. He hasn't come over from the other place. Um, We've been with him for X amount of years. And like there is... Do you know, like we said, and they're trying to, like, reboot him, mm-hmm. Um, that there was a genuine interest and sympathy for him there around the neck injury.
2: Yeah, like we we always said it, like, when he came back from the neck injury, all they had to do was feud him with Scott Steiner.
1: Yeah, straight in. I and mean, that's a feud that will, like, heat up both guys even more. Mm-hmm. Um there was a nice quick comeback from buff though to fire up and that gets the crowd back to life. And I will say during that segment, disco is feeding for him very well. Um, Disco eats a 10 punch and then completely wilts out of the corner. Um, Buff goes for a blockbuster, gets crotched, falls outside Uh, in one of the most, the more you think about it, the less uh, it makes sense. He does a last dance on the floor which makes like no additional impact on both, but would surely uh, take the curse off a, himself, bruise a tailbone to say the least. Um, Disco wants to take the count out, uh, but brain makes the very smart point. Uh, like this is in the amount of times that we've seen heels try to go for a count out. I can't remember a time where I've heard a commentator make this incredible point of logic where it's like, you shouldn't ever try to take the count out because if they beat that count, You've allowed them 10 seconds to recover. Mm -hmm. Whereas you could have just rolled them in at one second and probably pinned them. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. Like, why don't why aren't commentators beating you over the head with this? Wrestling Uh, logic. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's perfect. It's flawless wrestling logic. Like it's 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 great stuff. Um, steal that, somebody, please. Um, disco lifts a, a limp buff up and he's going to hit a deep sigh, Macarena pile driver, Uh, (laughs) uh, buff does a back body drop, buff slugs away at him, uh, hits a back elbow, drop kick, does the buff strut, gets up top. Uh, I did like this finish though, because he goes up top for the blockbuster, he he lunges forward, Disco shrugs out of the way, thinks he's after getting really smart and ducking buff, and then turns back around into the blockbuster. That was good.
2: I... Do not like that they keep calling it the buff blockbuster.
1: Just call yeah. it the blockbuster. Blockbuster. It's fine. Uh, we get a rap is crap recap leading us into the next match, which is the No Limit Soldiers, Conan and Ray Mysterio Jr. versus the West Texas Rednecks. Bobby Duncan Jr., Big Bob Cum and Kurt Hennig. Um, you really oh,
2: should stop calling him Big Bob Cum.
1: I will never stop uh by the way i should say the buff versus disco match got two stars from the observer uh, which i think was that's probably the first fair rating mm. i think the other two weren't harsh enough uh <laughs> so far um so hennig has some words for master p um there's early flurry from the faces sends both rednecks flying outside uh hennig talks smack at master p and he then gets smacked for it um did you feel that the Master P of it all uh, kind of detracted from the match because no one really gave a shit about the actual match? They just wanted to see Master P do stuff or show up on screen again.
2: Um, I was actually going to make that point. Do you remember when Conan and Rey Mysterio were probably the second or third hottest act on the show? Yeah, wasn't because that long of, ago. Be, I was just going to say because it wasn't that long ago. Um, and like
1: they're still definitely people love them, but I think like it yeah, is
2: they're, they're your second fiddle to Master P at this point.
1: And it is a bit of a worry that like the company
0: feels the need to um in the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. Off again, that's arena club.com slash VOW net, arena club.com slash VOW net for ten percent off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voice of the Wrestling Podcast Network.
1: Associate them. Associate them to give them the rub when they didn't really need it that long ago.
2: Oh, like we, we said it, like they took her. they took away Ray's mask and Ray for fucking unknown reasons, stayed incredibly over, mm. and they just didn't go with them when they should have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it like I don't know. Like I, I'm not into the Master P, fucking No Limits Soldier stuff. No. Like, I've been, I've been open about this. I don't care for this whole era of Ray and Conan.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know people don't often bring up matches from this era as being particularly memorable, so you're you're definitely onto to something um I think I feel like this match was not planned out great. uh, I feel like the heat segment for the the Rednecks was too long because mm-hmm. the crowd completely dies of interest mm-hmm. and dies in the middle of it, and it takes a good bit to get them back um Ray tries to do a moonsault off the ropes, gets caught. Uh he does a cool uh Ray in his like little kind of bit of shine. Uh he does a baseball slide for through the back of uh Bobby Duncan Jr. and does an up kick and then hits a tag, faces run wild. Uh Hennig mistimes a bump into the seated position to to land himself down for the Bronco Buster, uh, or the Rough Rider, should I say. Rough Rider and Hennig, well, Duncan eats a 10 punch. Uh then Barry Wyndham is just out here with work gloves and nails Conan. But uh Master P's crew have seen enough at this stage, Lee, and and Big Swole enters into the clearing.
2: Yeah, big big swole gets involved. Um after Wyndham comes out, Swole, while well, the referee is distracted, gets onto the apron. No, does he get on the he does get on the, yeah, apron, he got the apron? Yeah, and hits uh Bobby Duncan and Ray gets the quick pin. Um we get a short little brawl and then for whatever reason the No Limit soldiers run away Hmm. to leave Ray and Conan and get their asses kicked three on two
1: doesn't really make sense does it oh
2: it's heroes absolute heroes yeah I I believe the explanation they give is that
1: security rushed them from the area yeah um but this leaves they've bailed and it leaves the the rednecks to beat the shit out of Ray and Conan. Conan Um, um, I, I think I think you you said uh, Barry Windham came out
2: in work gloves. Mm. I I could be wrong about this. But maybe I'm thinking too much about this and trying to apply logic. Yeah. Um. I think they were supposed to be coal miner gloves.
1: Uh, they were supposed to be, but they were identified on commentary as work gloves. ready? they? Okay. Yes. Um. I also did like uh, an all-time top five Tony Shivani line for me, uh, where he says. A lot of people shouldn't have been involved in this match, but they were. <laughs> Can you tell Tony's checked out? Yeah. And today then tries to put over Swole. God bless him. Um our next oh, sorry, that match was two and a quarter stars, the comfortably the second highest rated match in the show.
2: I will say you skipped over one important part. Oh, did I? You you forgot the uh the redneck's
1: entrance. Oh, yes. Uh, they rappers crap is a thing. rap is crap is now a thing. Yes, and we'll probably get to talk about it on the TV. But uh, ha, ha, are you a big rapper? Do you play rappers crap when you're in the car sometimes? It, it, in between, it's not. American it's not males? on my
2: playlist It's not on my playlists. It, it's not quite to American males' uh standard. Okay, but uh, no, I, I won't say I'm a big fan. I, I do enjoy a little bit of rappers crap. <laughs> um, actually, actually, speak speaking of Henning. Did you see uh, what uh, Joe Henning put up on his Twitter? I believe it was. Would you believe Lee? I don't follow Joe Henning on Twitter. Well, it turns out that a fourth generation of Henning is a wrestling champion. Oh, really? Because Joe's son Blades, just won a kind of I don't know if it was a national or state championship or something. Yeah. And his, do you know? Do you know what his name is? What? Well, you know, his great grandfather was the Axe. Yeah. And. Um, Joe himself was the Axeman. yeah. So of course his son is Blade, uh, the second, what?
1: the second Blade child of a wrestler. Yeah, I also feel like I think it's probably only the second we know of. That feels like a very wrestler named name. Your oh, place. doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but I I was gonna say like I I do also feel incredibly old that I have now. I can now say that I have lived through three generations of the same family's careers. Yeah. Which is like well, I mean, he, chilling.
2: He's not quite a wrestler, yeah. But...
1: No, not quite. But like, I feel like the day is coming in the not too distant future. Ah, that hurts a little bit. Um, Next up, speaking of hurt, Horace Hogan versus The Cat with Sonny Ono. Uh, Sonny is out with a mystery... Briefcase, and the real question I have is not about the mystery case Lee It's about who gave Horace a microphone.
2: we're Scott Norton?
1: We get no explanation. This is supposed to be so, <laughs> the is... cat versus Scott Norton. Yeah, and yeah we yeah. get no explanation. The thing is, like the storyline, like if you're, if you don't, if you're not inside baseball on it, you don't know that, like anything about like wrestling being at work or stuff like that. As far as you're concerned, the storyline is: I want to fight Scott Norton. Yeah, the the, the storyline is just saying no. The
2: storyline is Scott Norton has already kicked his
1: ass. Yeah,
2: yeah. And Cat's been calling him out for weeks,
1: so of course, Horace comes out on the pay per view. And what's funny is Cat tries to use the same logic that Norton's using on him, where he goes, "I don't want to face you. I already beat you," yeah. which is like exactly why Scott doesn't want to wrestle. An ass. Un- Never mind. Un- un- Unintentional comedy there real bad and Uh, speaking of real bad Horace on the microphone is Horace a face is he supposed to be a face I don't know he says uh, Horace says he's trying to make a comeback and maybe the most embarrassing three seconds of television I've seen in a long time where he tries to make a joke where he goes you can't he goes uh, because Kat says to him he's going to put on his gi and beat him up and then beat everyone in this building up but he can have Scott Norton and uh, Horace says, you can't even beat yourself up, does not get a laugh and then follows that up with, if you know what I mean, and then he's supposed to like do a cool guy, take his glasses off, but he ends up just mashing his palm into his face and like taking them off real fucking weird. Like, did but, you forget how to take glasses off your face? Maybe his hand is just so big. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? How bad does your hand eye coordination have to be? <laughs> he has, Fucking hell. He
2: has no idea where his eyes are.
1: <laughs> just, just mashed in his face. Like, what is that? Remember
2: Big Show's t shirt where it's just the hand? Yeah, that's all, yeah. That's all, that's, all <laughs> that's all Horace saw coming towards
1: <laughs> that's him. like <all> he sees. <laughs> surprised he didn't flinch at his own hands coming towards his, what the fuck is this <laughs> what was it that,
2: like uh, Brett would say like he had uncontrollable hands in his early interviews yeah. that's just Horace at all times
1: yeah oh my god <laughs> uh, as if it couldn't get any worse the match starts with Horace on offense uh, so he interferes oh, to try and help yeah, the cat get but, the heat but you want to say, say offense so I was just offended at all of this it was, it was offensive <laughs> uh, whips him into the barricade cat breaks the count back in and horace skips i love this instead horace just like is so like bad that he doesn't even mount a comeback it's just like you skipped forward 10 seconds on the player and he's just in control again Mm -hmm. like they didn't do the part where the momentum shift they just skipped ahead uh horace picks the cat up sonny's on the apron uh horace throws the cat over the top uh then cat puts on a shoe that sonny gives him it's the stunning sidekick. And still, even though he's used the illegal shoe. He needs to use the ropes for an assisted win. Um, why is the shoe illegal? I, I guess it's like a hard sole or something. I don't, man, not well, You're asking me for logic here. You're a continuity Malone. You should be figuring this out. But I mean, we've seen wrestlers wear dress shoes. Yeah. I don't want to tell you, buddy. Too stylish. That's why they're illegal. Um, The contents of the case were revealed And I know you got a feeling of dread in the pit of your stomach because you know what a year of the cat has now firmly begun because Mm -hmm. they were a pair of shoes and a cape that said the greatest on it. So the James Brown thing is well underway. Yeah, I believe we don't get a payoff to this until what? 2000? Yes, I don't think so. Yeah. And it'll be on a Nitro, so we won't know. No, it, he shows up on the pay-per-view on those. Oh God, it is a pay-per-view. Yeah, I thought and it I was Nitro. And I think he might actually be on a Nitro the next night as well. Yes, it's Kiss that show up on Nitro, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. make it it. Yes. Uh, we got a Piper and Flare package leading into Piper and Flair. Uh Flair is accompanied by Aaron Anderson and Asia. Um, oh, what, I should have. I again, the star rating for Cat versus uh, Horace Ogan, minus one star. Fair. Uh,
2: well, I was just going to say this Piper Flair story so they bad, they, 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 bad, they, bad, 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 talk, bad, bad they talk about how bad. it's, really it's bad it is it's bad. bad, it's really bad it was really bad last <laughs> month, but now it's worse <laughs> it's like that boil you ignore, it just gets worse and worse every time you see it do you um, know what I was thinking
1: about during this match Age in the Cage was two years ago, and Piper's still wrestling, well, did, did you see the stat? from Monday oh that Edge and Finn Balor when they have their Hell in a Cell match at a Wrestlemania will be older than Hogan and, and the age, and like or age or the yeah.
2: combined age yeah
1: yeah and I'll be just as interested
2: Um, but at least it's outdoor so they can't suck air too bad mm, true Um, no uh, so last month this was a bad story for mm. control of the company yeah now it's a really bad story for control of the company Oh, and by the way, it's all about the Horseman family drama.
1: Yeah. So bad. I, I hate it so much. I like offended that it took so much of my time on this pay-per-view. So, uh,
2: I need to break this down.
1: The, yeah, go video pa- the video package is all about how Piper took away the Horseman. Yeah. Not that Flair became an asshole inside of a DDP. Yeah, yeah. No, nothing, nothing like that. I don't know what you're talking about. And
2: then the finish of the match is not involving the Horseman at all. Mm-hmm. It's just a young guy comes out so the two old guys kick his ass.
1: Yeah. What? In why... a way that completely doesn't make sense because you've the guy that's been in a blood feud who then goes through a physical match where he's trying to hurt Flair then just joins mm-hmm. up with him after the match.
2: Yeah. So the, the horseman didn't play into it at all. Yeah. The two guys that have been fighting for control of the company are now just aligned. Yeah. And people blame Vince Russo?
1: Yeah. It's it's awful. Uh, I did get a chuckle during the entrances, though, to bring it back to the start of the match, mm-hmm. that uh, not only is Asia in better shape than both of the people actually wrestling in this match, but maybe in better shape than almost anyone in the company. Mm-hmm. Like fucking shredded. And these two guys look like wet corned beef. I would argue that Aaron
2: is in better shape than these two guys.
1: Yeah, Arn's actually, actually looking has, pretty trim. Like, Arn has the fucking debilitated arm at this point. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Arm Anderson. Yeah. Like it, it, he, he looks great and he has one spot that looks better than mm-hmm. every other spot in this match. Now, granted, it's an all timer of a move, but you know, that's, that's besides the point. Uh, Piper is referred to in his entrance as WCW's troubleshooting commissioner. They also appear to say... Not president, the title he won last month. Uh, yes. They also appear to say, the the commentary, that if you're the president, you have the ultimate power in the organization, which has patently not been not the been case true. this no. whole time. No. no. no um, we've, we've only spent three years putting up with the NWO. Yeah. Uh, Piper spits at flair. Uh, flair goes through this is like the typical it's like the butlins flair uh, oh yeah he's just doing like the greatest hits of like begging off and begging off and begging off I think it looked particularly pathetic uh, when he was begging off into a corner as Piper hit some punches that would make Shane McMahon laugh Um. Uh, the, actually
2: speak, speaking of comparisons to Shane McMahon on a level like
1: just how wet was Roddy Piper coming out for this match oh my god soaked he was more wet than uh the rock in a fast and furious movie (laughs) honestly dripping like just disgustingly wet (laughs) disgusting yes um so yes uh flair begs off and begs off piper bites his head flair mule kicks him down low behind randy anderson for the heat uh, Flair throws out Piper. The ref is distracted as Aaron lays into Piper on the outside um, in a spot that I'm sure the whole world wanted to see in 1999. Piper pulls out Ric Flair's arse uh, and goes for a roll up. Uh, why? Why God? Why? Double uh, A tries to interfere again, but he gets taken out by Piper. Piper does the slowest and most pathetic sunset flip I've ever seen in my life uh, back into the ring. Piper locks in the sleeper and he's you could tell how blow to be is this is the loosest sleeper I've ever seen in my life mm-hmm. um the ref gets distracted by Aaron uh Flair pulls out the nooks and belts Piper uh takes too long to make a cover Piper kicks out um figure four is in and Aaron is helping with the leverage the crowd goes crazy then as Buff comes out and interferes like a fucking idiot like surely it would be to his benefit like even though him and like Piper don't really respect each other. Surely it would be to his interest not to have Flair in charge. And he comes mm-hmm. out and causes a disqualification. Bell rings. And then Piper just randomly hits Buff Bagwell. Yep. Yeah. Aaron Anderson hits a spine buster. A sick ass spine buster. Great spine um, buster. <laughs> it's just unbelievable every time out of the gate. Uh, Aaron and Flair then hold Buff down while Piper whips him with a strap. I was just like, what the fuck? Where'd the strap come from? Uh, it was just like uh, he, yeah he just comes into the ring with it I don't know where he got it was it around his his kilt I don't know oh possibly yeah that that's a good show um, um, yeah they just, just beat so him fucking down. Dumb. so dumb keeps beating him down after Flair leaves it makes like whatever about that like him turning on buff you know makes a little bit of sense because they've not been seen eye to eye but in terms of him joining up with Flair, it makes absolutely no sense and you could tell by the crowd reaction no one wanted to see it
2: what, what, what I will say is, I'm glad that Flair and Piper won't be wrestling each other anymore. Uh, yeah. Because, like, look, they're fucking t- two legends and all the greats and whatever, whatever you want to say about them. Um, But, like, this was slow, like, embarrassing. It was, slow. it was,
1: do you know what it was? it was? I wouldn't even use slow as the word to describe it. I'd say sad. Hmm. Because yeah, well, they'll
2: is... actually. Yeah, that that's probably a better better description of it. it. It it deals. You watch it and you're like, why why are they being put in this position? Like first of all,
1: and like we know that like Flair would go on to still have a few more pretty good matches in his career. Right? Yeah.
2: Now look, he he would also be in a lot better
1: shape. Yeah.
2: Than he is at this point.
1: Mm. Um. When do you think the last time these guys were in the same match was? 2006. Hey, you remember their tag team title run? Yes, and that's how Piper found out he had cancer. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me for trivia's sake who did they beat for the WWE tag team titles and who did they drop them to?
2: Spirit Squad they beat. Yes. Because they had done the 5v5 at Survivor Series the night before. Mm -hmm. And then they won the tag titles on Raw. yeah, With all the legends, I believe, at ringside. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then they dropped them to... Hmm, Who did they drop them to?
1: God. Uh, Was it the clones? It was rated RKO. Ah ah yeah,
2: of course, of course. Yes, they because they got concertoed and written off.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And that, yeah, because it was that's Piper did the tag title match, and then I think he had to do like some kind of physical, and that's when yeah. the doctor found the problems that he had with,
1: I think it was his colon, was it? Yeah. Um you will be pleased to also know that these two guys it does seem like they form a tag team, and we're gonna have to deal with that for a while. Uh, by the end of this month they never appear in the same ring together in a match in WCW awesome. this tag team literally lasts till this is the what is Nitro. The, 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 <laughs> this is the the 13th I think it is I said the uh-huh. 13th of June this takes place in the last time they're in a match together is the 21st yeah so I, I, I so it's not people... not it's not this Nitro. It's the night It's it's the Nitro after they do wrestle twice on that Nitro as a tag team. We're not watching it. <laughs> no, Jesus, no. Um... Uh, they they were, imagine you're going to. It's in the Superdome in God. New Orleans. Imagine paying to go to Superdome Nitro, and you get right. Listen to these two matches. I, I will. Yes. I will say getting. Getting those
2: two wrestling twice is more offensive than being called a silver dome multiple times.
1: Yeah, you get uh, Buff Bagwell versus Ric Flair and Roddy Piper in a handicap match that goes to a no contest, which leads, I assume, directly into Ric Flair and Roddy Piper versus Buff Bagwell and Dean Malenko. And then that's your loss. They do... (laughs) They do have a match the following night on Nitro after this. They have a six-man tag match. Um, well, actually, it's not. It's a it's a five on three handicap match where it's Buff Bagwell, Chris Benoit, Dean Milenko Oh, sorry, no, five on four. Buff Bagwell, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, and Perry Saturn against uh Rick Flair, Roddy Piper, and the Jersey Triad. That, but I, I mean, imagine, I imagine it's Bam Bam on the on the ring apron, so it might be an eight man.
2: That that's a much better version of the Revolution.
1: Yeah. at least we're not subjected to it for very long Um, where was I Um, yeah let's just fucking leave this dog shit it got a dud rating from Dave (laughs) and like what it takes for Dave Meltzer to give Ric Flair a dud yeah I know I don't think there's too many of those in uh, the Dave history Uh, you you want to talk about dog shit this next (laughs) match has quite literal dog shit. So we get a video for Sting and Rick Steiner. And this is like, this is an all time bad.
2: I, I love this because the intro makes very clear. This is a non-title match. Yeah. Because the TV title does not fucking matter, Dave.
1: Yeah. It's also so funny to me that Scott Steiner doesn't have a match on pay-per-view.
2: US champ Scott Steiner.
1: Yeah. One of the the most like reviled heels in the whole company. No, sorry, we got nothing for you tonight, mate. Well, we do have something for you, but it ain't a match. We'll talk about instead, that in a minute. Instead, your undercard, less talented brother, <laughs> can be on pay per view. You're a dog handler. Yeah. Um. There, During Sting's entrance, we see somebody with a Sting sign who tried to draw a bat on the sign, but it absolutely came out looking like a dildo. Keep an eye out for that if you're looking back at the pay-per-view. For fuck's sake. <laughs> Somebody's going to post that in the fucking Discord now, watch. <laughs> I've actually been watching Community a lot recently uh, again, and I was roaring laughing the other night at a line where Chevy Chase comes into Alison Bree's apartment, and he's like... Uh, it was like two questions. Why are you living in an apartment above Dildopolis? And two, when did they open a second location?
2: <laughs> general, I've never watched community. I really should.
1: Oh Italy, you'd love community. It's so good, it's so funny. Uh anyway, uh big dumb brawl early. Uh raking Sting's eyes over the ropes and such. They go outside. Sting tries to do a splash into the barricade, but he gets nothing but fence driver on the floor, back in. Big release German from Rick. Uh, Does a bit of ground and pound. Uh, I would say Sting's face paint is rubbed off his head in record time in this match.
2: Well, see, there's a reason for that.
1: Because he's literally being rubbed into the mat?
2: Well, that doesn't help the the matter, but it's also the fact that Sting must have been sharing a locker room with Roddy Piper because he is also incredibly wet coming (laughs) out. Just the AC was turned off. His hair is like slicked back, which you don't yeah. see no. very often with with Stinger.
1: Um,
2: so I, I'm guessing like that the whole saturation just kind of took away the face paint, the
1: humidity backstage, mm. um, beating him and beating him until Sting just decides to stop selling. Uh, <laughs> gets gets his knees up to the crotch. Uh, two Stinger splashes and a deathlock attempt, but there's a rope break uh sting then brings rick uh, you knew it was like bullshit alert because uh sting takes rick out of the ring and he leads him backstage but it's through one specific curtain to the side of the the stage and i knew some some bullshit was up but i didn't realize how quickly and how bad it would be um the camera cuts here are fucking all-timer do you want to describe what what
2: we saw uh remember Kennel from Hell. <laughs> Imagine that, but worse. I was just gonna say because this is a lot fucking worse. Mm. Like uh, so we get the they they fight backstage and the camera very you very obviously get a cut because they're standing it's, around like this it, is a pre-record, a, like yeah, clearly. it's like a pre- very clearly pre-recorded and uh randomly tank Abbott and Rick Steiner backstage. Yeah. So Tank gets physically involved while Rick, uh, Scott Steiner just stands there looking.
1: Yeah. And then does like weird elaborate hand signal. Yeah.
2: And we see two Dobermans
1: charging at Sting who now has yes. his arm wrapped. A, a large dog appears. Now, I did actually rewind like where did he get the rag from? So... Tank Abbott has a towel around his neck when he attacks Sting. So I think that's how they tried to logic the towel into proceedings. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: so so Sting all of a sudden has a towel wrapped around him, um, yeah. which is then on his arm. And so one dog is kind of gently licking at his leg while the <laughs> other is jumping at his chest.
1: Yeah, and it's funny because it's like they do the spot where it's like, oh my God, he's biting Sting's hand. But you can see this like two inch thick towel wrapped around yeah. like... Not a um, and then we get another cutscene. Yeah. <laughs> As for
2: whatever reason. Scott Steiner is now 50 meters away. <laughs> yeah, he teleports. With what I can only imagine is the biggest dog on television. Yeah. Uh, which I believe was a large dog said. appeared. Yeah. It's uh what what does is a Shavani screams? Oh my god, that that's a, an Alsatian. He says? Yeah, I think it is, was, is yeah. whatever it is, he shouts. And then we we see this dog charging at staying. And then we get a cutscene to Doug Dillinger and the
1: boys running oh my down a God. corridor. <laughs> I really want someone to take that and either gif it or what like, like open no, the do, Baywatch do you know what it,
2: theme song. No, do you know what it needs to be? What? Into the DX intro.
1: Oh yes.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. Um yeah, so we cut to Dillinger and the boys running down a corridor from apparently
1: miles away. It's what it is. It's the bit from the holy grail where John Cleese is like running and it cuts and then it cuts back and he's still the same distance away. <laughs> <laughs> um and I think it's Tony or tonight is shouting that
2: oh my god, we can't show you what's going on. It's so violent yeah. and horrible.
1: Enormous bullshit chants from the crowd. Yeah, uh, the Steiners drag Mickey J out to the ring. Scott poor, says, "Poor Mickey J." Scott says, uh, "And think of this logic, or sorry, it's Rick said it. It's false count anywhere." Oh no, Scott says it. It's Scott. Yeah, yeah Scott puts an false count anywhere, and Rick beat him up, so he wins one, two, three, right? Yes. Yeah, so apparently, the Steiners realized that the cameras weren't showing what was happening.
2: So even though they were backstage attacking a man with a dog, they
1: also realized what was being broadcast (laughs) on pay-per-view because he says they couldn't show it because WCW were trying to protect, protect their franchise. Sorry. The franchise is gone, lads. Uh, Or is he on his way? Rick says he showed Sting tonight. What the dog is all about. Uh, And I said, the promo is as terrible as Scott's fucking baseball shirt. promo is fucking awful. The promo is bad. Scott's baseball big pop of pump spray paint shirt is terrible. Um, Scott buried, and this is another thing that I like this year at WCW, I hate so much. They bury the company. Mm-hmm. They say WCW sucks, and they can all bow down to the Steiners. And then just to try and get an additional level of booing, Rick calls Baltimore the shittiest town in America, which, you know, that, that cheap heat when you're really desperate. Uh... Yeah, Uh, this got the other negative one star rating, one of the all time worst finishes I've ever seen in this company. And that that covers some ground and I, it's going to be topped for worst finish ever very rapidly as we progress through 99 and 2000.
2: Why? why I, I just don't understand why this isn't talked about more as like no. just awful WCW. Yeah.
1: Uh, next up we have world tag team title match as Chris Benoit and Perry Saturn defend against the Triad. Remember they <laughs> they did the title switch on the Go Home show.
2: Okay, oh, idiots. I will say when they laid out the history of the Triad in the video package before this, it actually all made sense. What whatever way they chopped it up, I thought they did yeah. a very good job of kind of. I- putting together the, the multiple storylines.
1: This is the one part of the show that seems to come for a parallel universe where Great American Bash 99 was good because it had a video package that explained the storyline very clearly. Mm-hmm. And then it led into the only, quote unquote, good match on the whole show. And and it wasn't say, great.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say that was going to be my hot my take on this. This is
1: wrestlers I enjoy having a match that I really didn't like. Okay. So maybe you lead on this match then. You didn't like it.
2: I didn't like it. I wanted to like it. It's like, yeah. like I said, it's four of my favorite people in the company at the moment. Yeah. I, I very much enjoyed this kind of DDP, like proper heel character. Mm. I'm all about like the fucking murder and all, whatever. The baby face, Chris Benoit and WCW was definitely something they should have got behind. Yeah. Perry Saturn, we we've fucking. Talked yeah, they
1: about... they couldn't have gotten behind him any later in his WCW <laughs> run than they did. Like Perry Saturn, we, you want we... the belt? Oh, I'm heading off, mate. Actually, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're we're sick of saying how good Perry Saturn
2: is at this point. Um, yeah. but yeah, I I don't know. This just didn't work for me. I I don't know. I think maybe I was just beaten down
1: from the the show. Yeah, at this I, point, when I say it was the best match on the show. Like, I suppose I should be more specific and say, like, he, what, what he, what it is, is it's a pretty decent TV match. Like, it gets, Dave mm. gives it three and a half stars. I think that's very generous. Yeah, I think it's a three star, Gentleman's three. Mm. Like, I, I had, I had absolute, like, it was Grant but it was just grand. Like it, it's going nowhere near like where we always will, like, if it's a proper exceptional match, we'll recommend it on the show for people to go back and watch. It's not nearly in that territory, but at least it's like if you've paid and you're stuck in the building, uh, you finally got something that resembles professional wrestling on the show after two plus hours. Yeah, but it's it's one of those things where it's not enough to salvage the show for yep. me. And it is one where I'm like, I'm not going to get it. This is, I think, the only one on the show where I'm I'm not really going to get into the spot by spot because it is mm. like just a, like it's a paint by numbers type of job now. And I, when it's these four guys, paint by numbers is good, you know, but there's nothing in this match you haven't seen before and there's nothing you wouldn't have predicted. Like, you know, did we get Dean coming out at the end leading uh, into the finish?
2: I will say the finishing sequence was good because they go to the finish that they used on the TV on Thunder where they the, won the titles. Yes. They did the double like the splashes off the corner. The splash um,
1: the splash from one corner, the head yeah, the headbutt the from the other.
2: And I did like that DDP had obviously learned from Thunder and caught Saturn with the diamond cutter.
1: Yeah. Which we did look cool.
2: And that's when uh, Malenko comes out we get the kind of distraction and Bammer comes in and they get the diamond cutter and greetings simultaneously
1: which i, which I have dubbed the greetings cutter
2: oh i went up with diamond greetings
1: diamond, oh, okay well let's go diamond greetings i like that
2: um they get that on saturn and ddp put, puts canyon into the cover for the pin and the win yeah. uh, to me that was the best part was the uh the finish
1: yeah oh but then it was just fine it was just yeah it was okay um, I, I I had a great Tony line I wrote down here just at the end as it goes off where he goes, that's all we need. Another obnoxious champion. <laughs> Tony
2: totally so pissed stuff.
1: Savage, savage. Absolutely catty on this show he is. Uh, is, is, of- is, is I was going to say, is that a shot at Kevin Nash? Oh, yeah, yeah, could well be. Like Kevin Ash is the booker at this point and Tony's yeah, been fucking possibly. taking shots on night. Like. Yeah, and we know that like Kevin Ash is hardly on the headset at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, main event video. I, in on closer inspection of that stealth contortionist video where he comes out with the gym bag to the ring and he's, you know, challenging Savage to come out there and he says, I have my ring gear and I'll wrestle you tonight. So like the implication was that Nash didn't get dressed. He just brought his gear bag out to the ring in a gym bag and was willing to like change in the ring, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, why not give the crowd what they want, eh?
2: Well, I mean, he would years later in Magic Mike, so
1: yeah. Oh, there was actually a Magic Mike moment. Uh, I can't remember if I actually wrote it down here. Was he icing his knee like he does? In the there was of... a bit, I can't remember if it's during the match. No, I actually think it's in the video package where he's covered in glitter. I was like, oh, here's the Magic Mike audition tape. <laughs>
2: I don't remember. From oh, Magic no, sorry. Mike. It is in the
1: match. It is in the match because it's after the. I think it's uh, when Medusa comes in, it's glitter off her outfit that rubs ah, yeah, off on him. Yeah. So when he okay. takes down the straps, you see all the glitter. I was going to say, I just remember Kevin Ashton Magic Mike, just icing his knee consistently. Yeah. Um, this by the way, this main event match, Kevin Nash versus Randy Savage with Gorgeous George, Medusa, and Miss Madness, is the other negative one star, just three uh, negative one star matches on this show.
2: I I actually didn't hate this match.
1: Do you know who's putting in the most amount of work on this show? Medusa. No, it's the entire bottle of just for men that Buffer I'm is Buffer putting in. Okay,
2: I wasn't going to bring it up, but my <laughs> God. I brought it right up. <laughs> I, I just have fucking buffer with is totally real hair color.
1: who is he kidding? <laughs> who is he kidding? um Nash apparently has ignore the pain courage mm-hmm. uh, which yeah, whatever. uh to knee, uh, t- 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 you just talk about knees how me you about knees. Uh, Tane confirms that uh the elbow is no longer bound, <laughs> <laughs> which I gotta think Mr. Bookerman only did that because he wants to take the elbow and kick out it's the all you like tell a, me i can't wait to kick out your finished brother you tell me that wasn't why he did it and i will
2: show you a liar <laughs> um, i will forever say this on the show mm-hmm. the entrance of macho man with his new music and the three women yeah is fucking fantastic It's such a shame he can't go. (laughs) It's just such a shame that one, he looks fucking old at this point. Yeah. yeah. And that he is totally washed. Yeah. So like beyond the wash. Such a good update to the Macho Man character. Yeah. Yeah. And they all work. Like, look, like I say, Macho is washed. He is working hard, I think. It's just he's not Oh. physically able and the women I have to say all three of them are putting in
1: a serious shift every time they're on screen everyone except Kevin Nash is trying in this match (laughs) you know what I mean like it's just (laughs) it's just they got nothing yeah
2: Yeah. it's unfortunate because I think if this if something like this was done two years earlier yeah and Savage had this kind of like just fucking awesome fucking stable of women with him he mm-hmm. would have stood out even more yeah. away from the NWO. Mm.
1: Um, yeah, it's it's a real fucking shame. It's a real fucking shame. Um I don't know, like do you wanna go into like I I I think that the, the elbow thing is really funny because like they unbanned the elbow, which is really funny because like they they totally weren't it did it didn't matter, like he was still no. doing the elbow the entire time.
2: Yeah, yeah, it hadn't mattered in the whole build up. Yeah. Um, I did like that the setup for the elbow though. Was uh, Molly Nora with um, Miss Madness hitting yeah. a missile dropkick. Yeah. Again, and, and that, in that the ball for, game, the second yeah. time she's done that, and and she then eats a fucking snake eyes later on in the ball yeah. gown, like yeah, fucking. like. I say the the women work incredibly hard.
1: Yeah. Um, but I like I I'm not really because it, it is like it is just as the women's bit, which is worth like worth mentioning, which we have done. There's the Nash comeback, which is just the the oh, ultimate in five moves of doom, like big boot, snake eyes, straps down, raw.
2: Yeah, and he doesn't even he doesn't even hit the snake eyes and Savage. Yeah. It's
1: just the one on on Miss Madness. He he swats off the women. Um, mm-hmm. but what we really want to talk about, Lee. And again, I will give the front seat to you because this is something you've been excited for. Yeah. For so long, one of the largest men appears. The largest man of largest men appears. The master and ruler of the
2: universe. He just strolls into the ring and you look at the crowd. The crowd go fucking bananas for Sid. Yeah. Because I don't care what type of wrestling fan you are. If you don't pop for Sid, you can fuck right off.
1: Yeah, but he's just like Wrestling... he's just a freaky looking individual. Like you've got to react to that.
2: Wrestling isn't for you if you don't pop for Sid. I don't
1: care. Yeah, um,
2: yeah. He just walks into the ring and fucking plants Nash with a big boot. Just yeah,
1: straight in big boot. Like hits him with his two moves. Like it yeah. hits him with the same two moves Nash uses: big boot, power bomb. Like. Yeah. That's what I mean. He doesn't use the choke
2: Sam. Oh no, Sid just walked in. Fucking I'm power you. That's yeah, it. Yeah.
1: It's fucking Sid like. And also the his other his third move, which is to do Sid Vicious Faces. <laughs> I will say he's totally miscast as a heel. Yeah. The the staring the staring maniacally as he's chewing through his own jaw. I, um, I am all here for
2: babyface Sid in yeah. WCW. I, yeah. I can't wait.
1: I, I'm just I'm so glad <laughs> he's here. Uh, what's funny is as we go off the air, Tony says, Maybe Sid drove the Hummer, and the other guys are like, That makes sense. And then Tony cautions them, Yes, it does make sense, but sometimes here you have to throw logic out the window. And never has a truer word been said than World <laughs> he's Championship totally, Wrestling. he's totally buried in ash like Thank this whole you. night. Thank you. As we go off the air, Anthony Shivani. <laughs> yeah, he, he, I'm sure if you asked him now, like he would say yeah he
2: was totally yeah. burying fucking Nash.
1: And I wonder is that there's been like this big there there everyone's talking about it online now about how like Nash has sworn off watching AEW now. And I wonder if it was part of his bad memories of Shivani digging him <laughs> on the air. Nash that, Flash going backstage and fucking Mike Graham running up going oh Shivani's buried you again, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so that's the end of Great American Bash. Um Lee it won't come as a galloping shock to anybody. When you say it, but give your overall impressions of the show, followed by your winners and losers, please. Sid, <laughs> does, he, does your thought
2: on the show? Is Sid, no, what more do I need to say? Uh, um, nah, that look, it's a fucking piss poor effort of the show, like Jed, like three negative a... one star matches and a dude, yeah. Whatever you think of Meltzer's ratings, he wasn't giving out negative ratings in '99 unless he had to, yeah. Um, I think it's like unless he was watching WCW. <laughs> um no, just like really I I do think this is the worst pay-per-view we've had since starting the the weekly
1: shows in 98. Um it definitely wasn't boring. Do you know what I mean? Like I I've actually struggled to get through a couple of pay-per-views more. Yeah, I it think was bo- like bo- it was boring so- is a different kind of bad. It was bad in a way that we could talk about and that I could Mm. watch with my jaw on the floor. It wasn't bad in a way where I was just like, fucking hell, when will this end? Do do you know how this
2: was the kind of bad where I just didn't take many notes because like, what was there to take note of? Yeah, truly. And that's like truly bad. Like it's not, like you say, boring is one thing. Boring is fucking I'm not into this. Yeah. But like there's people that were over on this show, and it was still just bad. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, the biggest winner is
1: Sid. Sid. <laughs> Sid is here. Um. So I'll the biggest over, winner I'll, is you because Sid's here. Yes,
2: I'll, I'll put over the three women again. They were fucking incredible. Um, and like
1: losers, like fucking stings. Like the man was world champion a month ago yeah he was world champion like, imagine imagine putting Sting in a match that gets minus one star imagine
2: putting
1: put Sting, Sting in a match where he gets mauled
2: by dogs to end the match <laughs> like the man gets set fire to it and falls off a titantron and it might not be the <laughs> worst thing that ever happened to him <laughs>
1: yeah. oh, like the man got buckle bombed into retirement by Seth Rollins and I'd say he'd still rather do that again than be involved in this yeah, like people need to remember this when Darby Allin pins him clean. Yeah, Sting got mauled
2: by dogs and lost. <laughs> so whatever about fucking Tony Khan? Just and that your sentence.
1: Fucking... Just that sentence. Sting got mauled by dogs. Like that's a thing we saw, and we're so beaten down by WCW already. We watch it. We're like, yeah, well, yeah, okay.
2: So uh, first of all, Sting got attacked by Tank Abbott and then got mauled by dogs.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> The UFC fighter who you, wasn't who enough. You, who the Steiner's think, weren't enough.
1: Who do you think worked more, Snow? The Steiner's, the dogs, or Tank Abbas? <laughs> Answers on a postcard. Ah, oh, fuck me! Like just... I'd say that. I'd say that the, the actual dogs were the lightest workers. <laughs> <of> the <laughs> the lot. One, they're probably the ones Sting enjoyed working with the most. <laughs> he had the best conversation with.
2: <laughs> probably more unfuck fuck intelligent. Oh, oh man! Um, yeah, like it's just fucking. It was black. I'm glad we won't have to see Rick Flair and Roddy Piper anymore. Yeah, uh, I'm not into fucking the filthy animals or the No Limit Soldiers. I'm you know, not we're, into, we're into as the as filthy fu- animals. I'm not into buff as a fucking baby. I have face. a feel. That's enough. I can't wait to <laughs> get to that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm not into Brian now. Like, there's just so much on the show I'm not interested in. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. Well, your finish counter brought to you by Ludwig Borga gives us nine matches with three clean finishes, two DQs, three matches with interference leading directly to a finish and one other, in brackets, non-finish, aka dog mauling. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope, and I hope... <laughs> Hang on, hang on, hang on.
2: Scott Hall walked out on a match involving Steve Dahl and a mauler. (laughs) And that mauler might not be the worst mauling that's ever happened on WCW.
1: I also say, say, even though I watched a lot of Dying Days WCW, I was about to say the line, I hope this is the only dog mauling in the rest of WCW history. But I actually can't be 100% sure. I actually can't rule it out if there's another dog mauling I've suppressed. I've suppressed a dog mauling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You I'll know, try, uh, if, if this was a normal episode with a title, I think Days of Thunder episode blank, I've suppressed a dog mauling is definitely <laughs> an episode <laughs> title.
2: That's like a fucking. Do you know what that is? That, that's an always sunny uh, episode name. The gang gets <laughs> dog mauled. <laughs> the gang suppresses dog maul.
1: Yeah.
2: Or Charlie gets dog mauled or something like that.
1: <laughs> uh. uh, anyway, uh, this yeah. show sucks. Thanks for I, I, listening, everyone. I can't wait for Thunder. Yeah. Uh we'll see you all uh in one week on Patreon.com slash WCW Thunderpod in two weeks on the Voices of Wrestling feed. Um thanks for listening. Uh, please share with us your thoughts on suffering through this show in the Voices of Wrestling Discord on our channel or with us on Twitter at WCW Thunderpod and hey if you don't want to subscribe to patreon.com forward slash WCW Thunderpod you should
2: you should but if you don't want to you can always just give us whatever money you have
1: lying around on the VOW pledge page Yes. Just find our show and click the link. Yeah, I think it's voices slash donate. Is it or something? Donate, like that? that's the that's yes. the one. It's also on our link tree. We're literally the, the first show on that list. Alphabetical order is coming to bear. And also the first show in your heart. Yes, first show. Oh yes, first in your heart. Uh, sorry, Joe and Rich. Anyway, uh <laughs> night, everybody. Thank you very much for uh listening to this. Uh and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye bye. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder was produced by Lee Malone and edited by me, Dave Ryan. To keep up to date with the show and find all the ways to listen to us, you can follow us on Twitter at WCWThunderPod or click the Linktree link in our Twitter bio or in the show notes. I am at TheDayToDave on Twitter and Lee is at Malone underscore 713. Days of Thunder is a part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Follow the VOW network anywhere. Good podcasts are sold for more fine podcasts and you can shake a stick at. Thanks.
2: We're on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Check us out on the feed. Check us out on Twitter at EuroGrapCXP. And join us for chat about European wrestling and a little bit of chat about cheese. Hopefully see you there.